Welcome to Dead House. I'm Dylan. I'm Nathan. And uh, it's not been long since we last caught up. We're no. recording this on a Friday evening after work. I, we're not, I mean, from the viewers or the listeners' perspective, we're consistent. But from recording, we go two weeks without seeing each other. And then... What, like four, twi- days? <laughs> yeah, four days? Four days. <laughs> what have you been up to in that time, my friend? In the four days? Not much, dude. I like fucking bit of D&D. Had, oh, yeah. Tr- tried DMing. Yeah, ha- yeah. Had a, had a family dinner. For mm-hmm. my for my nan's birthday, she came up from Melbourne. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. And uh, that's like literally it. Just watching the movies that we're about to talk about, like about mm. today. That's pretty substantial, though. I think all I did was bloody stock take. Had a couple of late nights at work, scanning shit, and a uh, bit of data entry, and here we are. Yay, so fun! All right, there's may or may not be a meowing cat in the background, <laughs> by the way. I can hear. Is that Monty? Yeah, it's Monty, the fat boy, the the chonky boy of the two. Yes. Yes. Well. uh... Today is a very big episode, yeah, for us at least, and a handful of listeners on this pod. Mm-hmm. One it, fucking movie that we've talked up a little bit, yes, talk, talked about very frequently. Episode considerably more than I think any others. <laughs> I'm nervous for this one. Like I was nervous about Stephen King because obviously there's a lot of listeners of this pod that are, are big fans, uh, and I'm nervous about some of the big classics like The Shining and. Uh, Evil Dead and things like that, but I'm nervous about this because, like, what if we've set it up to be bigger than it actually is? Like this intro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people know what the movie is; they've probably seen the title. Yes, we are. We're <laughs> finally doing it, Nathan. We're, we're doing Saw. We're doing Saw. We're doing Saw 2004. <laughs> that was literally yes, a question yes. on our trivia. 2004, and, and yet I've written down 2005. Yeah, so we're going to go into the original and. Make some references for the later installments in the saga because it's quite a substantial franchise now. Oh, yes. Ten movies. Yeah. No? Yeah, ten. ten. Will be ten in a couple of weeks or months. I think it's this month, right? Yeah, this September it's dropping. I've not been keeping up and I was was telling you before we started recording, Mm. I don't think I've ever had lower expectations for a movie (laughs) to come out. Like, as much as I love, and I want to say, the Saw franchise Mm. as a whole is one of my favorite horror franchises mm-hmm. because I think it doesn't have as many lows as the other like long running franchises do. That's true, yeah. If there's like a poor moment, it's maybe just like one death or like one sort of plot hole, but the rest is like really well done. It's this really cool, intricate universe they've created. Yeah, it like each each movie kind of like takes references and stuff from the previous movies and then mm. twists them and turns them and like every movie has like M Night Shyamalan level fucking yeah. twists. Yeah. And uh, the only weak ones are like the last two, like Jigsaw, and mm. I've not even seen Spiral because I'm scared. Yeah. Well, to be honest, if it wasn't called Saw X, I probably wouldn't have known it was the tenth one. Sorks. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, it's like fucking Fast and Furious by this point, God, but Jesus. somewhat good yeah. as it progresses. But I mean, the OG one, Saw, 2004. Yep. This is where it all began, and this was the first one I saw in the franchise. And I would say it it's probably my favorite after two. It's still up there, but two, I, I rewatched the first three for this episode of the pod. Because um, the original, original trilogy are my favorite. The Lee Wan L trilogy, but um, some about Saw Two, man, it's twists upon twists, and <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's sick. But the OG one um, still has a place in my heart, and it's uh, what 
20 years next year, so maybe they'd be like a cool kind of DVD release, maybe some kind of collector's edition released. I know there's this like um, box set in Australia, and it's got all the films up to, I think, Jigsaw, may not be including that, Um, and it's got like a little reverse bear trap like replica on top of the box. So you can put it on your little teddy bear. Yeah, yeah. Play a game with it. Looks sick. But nah, I'm I'm uh, I'm keen for this one, and uh, this was directed by James Wan, mm-hmm. the guy we were just talking about a couple <laughs> episodes ago. Yeah, he, and he's he as much. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. oh, that was fantastic! <laughs> it's uh, it's Friday evening. You you've uh, had a harder week than I have. It's um, I get it. <laughs> I was gonna say, on top of like Saw being the most referenced and talked about movie slash franchise we've talked about yeah. he's got to be the most talked about director i think so yeah and i mean even when we did conjuring and we we're going back on some of his filmography i had only seen like three of his films given how like influential he is yeah on the well, genre and was this his first movie this was his directorial debut i think it just has such a distinct style um and a, a really unique vision that i after kind of going into the the finer details of the conjuring and and this i can see um like little methods and and things that i've i've picked up in all of them that just are just his thing mm-hmm. um and of course written by lee Wanell, who we just mentioned a moment ago um who played adam one yep. of the main characters uh shackled to the bathroom which a, a, a lot of people say he's like a very weak point of the movie but i don't see that at all i think he's mm. completely fine i enjoy his comic relief yeah and he just uh, plays like the like the idiot guy idiot yeah. of the two characters yeah yeah and i mean i <laughs> i particularly enjoy uh just after they've first like woken up in the bathroom and they get the clue to like search the toilet and he's like elbow deep in <laughs> runny shit yep. in the bowl and uh, Dr. Gordon's like anything? and he goes no silence <laughs> uh, which uh, that's like for sure a train spotting reference right? yeah I, I think I've, I've read that that was inspired by that iconic Scottish bathroom scene where yeah. Hugh McGregor goes literally diving in shit <laughs> and I gotta say I was reading the novel train spotting um, on a plane and I got up to that scene on the plane and I was like trying to stifle my laughter while I'm like in this aisle seat trying not to just burst oh out laughing God. about him swimming in I mean, it's, poo. It's, be- <laughs> it's better than like being on the plane and literally watching it and then you got to like look over your shoulder like who's watching what I'm watching on the like a plane. I think it was funnier that I was reading it because no one else knew what was going on. <laughs> um but yeah, and obviously James Wan responsible for The Conjuring and Insidious and Dead Silence and what have you. But um, Leah Wanell also wrote Insidious, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I know he wrote also... And he, and he also had like a minor acting role in it too. His, I think his Specs was his name. Oh, okay. Cool. And I know he was um, also responsible for The Invisible Man, which was like the, the newer kind of version. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Um, have you seen that? No. Still never got around to it. Okay. It's all right. It's not great, but it's a cool concept because it kind of flips like what the the original story of The Invisible Man is on its head. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a kind of cool twist. But so I, it makes, I, it makes it more about an, like an abusive relationship, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's more meaning to it, but... To be honest, I think I kind of preferred Hollow Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with I mean, Kevin Bacon. Kevin, I think there's a bad horror movie with Kevin Bacon in it. Yeah, pretty much. Like, he just, he's good. Yeah. Um, and these two are friends from Melbourne, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm 
We were just talking about such this. An I didn't even know he was Australian. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe they met at film school and then couldn't get anyone... Um, couldn't get anyone. Interested in, <laughs> interested in the project to, to get funding for Saw. So um, I think eventually they flew to, to Hollywood and um, they, I think, created Twisted Pictures, uh, their production company, the two of those. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, made, made Saw on a budget of $1.2 million. And uh, it went on to make $103.9 million at the box office. Very so, successful. And uh, very I, w- I wish I looked it up, but I wonder how, like, like we were saying how The Conjuring is the most highest grossing uh, horror movie franchise. I wonder mm. where this sits because it's got, it will have 10 movies. The yeah. first, at least three of them would have been very, like, successful, I'd say. Mm. Mm. Seven, I think there was a big hype about because it was in 3D. Yeah, probably that. And also that it was marketed as the final chapter. Yeah. I mean, there's been three since then. <laughs> that's how it goes with horror sagas. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I wonder how much like it's actually grossed as a, as a franchise. Yeah, I actually didn't look that up, but that will be interesting to know because I was going to call this like a cult classic, but it's it's essentially mainstream. Like Saw is one of the bigger contemporary horror franchises. Well, a lot of people sort of uh, fault it for essentially creating or popularizing the torture porn genre. Yeah, okay. Right? Like this and Hostel, which is like came around this sort of similar time. Mm. And like both of them, people say, oh yeah, they're the reason that the horror movies of the early 2000s or early to mid 2000s yeah. just turned into these like gore fests. But what about like in the 70s when you had things like Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left? Well, and that, that's defined as like the exploitation era. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, like, exploitation was the main reason. There's usually, like... And you get, like, the whole sub, like, rape-revenge genre. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this one, like, this torture porn genre, it's, yeah, literally just that. Just putting people in rooms and torturing them. Well, I mean, it definitely gets more graphic and gory as it goes on, but... But the, even yeah, the OG even, one. even saying that, like the first one, yeah. it's not that gory, especially no. compared to like other movies. Yeah, apart from like the crime scene flashbacks, you just see like a bit of blood spray on Dr. Gordon's face when he finally starts hacking through his leg and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And even the flashbacks, like they're not horribly gory uh, killings. And even the bloody, the dead body, quote unquote. On the floor of the bathroom between them is just makeup. Like, literally, in the film. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Not, not that you know that until the very end. No, no. I'm, I'm assuming whoever is listening to this has seen Saw, or at least knows about all the twists, given that we're about to see the 10th one. Yeah. Um, I suppose talking a bit about who's in it, um, Carrie Elways, is that how you say it? I still don't know. It's either Yules? I've heard Yel- Elways and I've heard Yules, and I... I, every time I say his name, I change it. Yeah. I, I think I prefer Elways. Okay. It sounds fancier, and he had a very posh character in this film. Yeah, his so character... let's go with that. Yeah, his character's very drab, I feel. Yeah. Also, weird casting choice. Like, the man from The Princess Bride and Robin yeah, Hood. Yeah, like, I... Where did that come from? I tried I, to look into it to see... Why, what why they them, hired him? Yeah, what made them want to cast him as I Dr. Gordon? I don't know, it's so against hype. Yeah, and that's kind of to its detriment because he does comedy really well. Like Robin Hood Men in Tights mm. is just, it's that style of comedy, like the Leslie Nielsen, Mel yeah. Brooks stuff. He's, my dad loves that He's fucking up my alley. Yeah. And then yeah. to see him go from that to this where he's just, I'm a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> he's so like forlorn and sad the whole time. And even when he's trying to be angry, like when, you know, he learns that his wife and daughter are kidnapped and he's like screaming at the, the mirror or the camera. Like, it's not convincing. 
But yeah, he's um, got like this cry face at some point. That's just kind of, I don't know. He's not even making real tears. Yeah, but but Lee Wan L, who like is Australian, putting on an American accent. Like even in the the flashback sequences when he's just like in his apartment, he seems so natural um, and compelling. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. more so than Gary in this instance, I found. Some people do certain things well and some people do other certain things well. Yeah. I doubt Lee Wanell is as good as comedy as Carrie Elways. Yeah, well, that's true. And I mean, kind of cool that they're Danny Glover, main man from Predator 2. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Shawnee Smith as Amanda and Tobin Bell, of course, as the man himself, Jigsaw. Yes. Oh. Shawnee Smith, is she the same chick from... I don't know if you've ever seen it. Becker, like the old TV show about a doctor, Dr. Becker. I don't think I've it's ever like seen a, 70, a full episode. Like no. 70 sitcom. Because I think, I think I read the reason they hired her for the role is mm-hmm. one of them, I don't know if it was Lee Wanell or James Wan or just someone in the casting had yeah. a crush on her as like when they were younger. So oh, they, were like, okay. they were like, just threw out an idea of like, hey, let's get her because I have a crush on her. And she said yes. Well, she seemed like she was like our age in Saw. So, when was I, Becca popular? I, I hate like, that. was she a young girl in that? I mean, unless that is literally a different person. Okay. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> this is always possible with your memory. Yes. Nathan has, like, encyclopedic memory of actors and their names and what they've been in. But except, except when I need to. And yeah. And it all goes blank. When it comes to, like, misremembering who was in what? <laughs> very bad. Very bad. And I also read that Tobin Bell was almost cast purely for his voice. Because when you think about it, John Kramer is not in it a lot visually. It's more so like um, the kind of notoriety behind his method of testing people. Um, Other than that, it's more so his recorded voice is probably the greater percentage of his dialogue as opposed to actually scenes of him speaking or interacting with characters. Yeah, well, I mean, for the majority of the fucking movie, he's just lying face down on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Which, during when they were recording it, he actually was just lying face down on the floor. They didn't use a dummy or anything. Yeah, So wow. that's great. Imagine the cramps you'd get. Oh, yeah. I mean, whatever, that's fine. Yeah. Making a movie, baby. Yeah, no, it's very cool. A lot of, lot of twists in this film. I mean, even like just the first three, for example, there's like two twists. There's like double bluffs in mm-hmm. the, the final act of each film, which is something that this saga is now kind of famous for. And I guess also in regards to the production of it, um, I read that James Wan only took a percentage instead of an upfront payment. So, uh, so he probably made a wise uh, a bit decision. of a then. Yeah, yeah, given that it made over $100 million. Well, it's a wise decision in hindsight. Like, mm. how many directors have done that and then their movie flops and they're like, oh, yeah. instead of getting paid a good, like, Director fee. I've True. just made like a pittance. Uh, the original 2004 Saw has a rating of 50% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, that's that makes sense because it's critic. Like, I, I can't imagine this is a good critic movie. There's not much mm. to it. Like, it at the end of the day, it's a movie about two men trapped in a bathroom, and then the majority of the story is told through flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's not much to it, but I kind of love that about it. It's such mm. a simple story. Yeah, yeah. And there's, like you said, it's such a simple story that then has enough twists to keep it interesting. Yeah. And, like, you're always learning new information. Mm, that's right. Something that seems to be prevalent throughout this franchise is, like, a mismatch of timelines in the one film. Yeah. Which is smart, given, um, like, the the limited sets or actors that they have like i believe that lee and james had the idea of shooting a film of two characters in one room before they had the concept of saw 
because oh, yeah. they were like, all right, let's look at our budget. <laughs> we want to make a horror film. What can we do with what we've got? And initially, one of their ideas was having, I don't know if it was the Saw concept or just a film um, set in an elevator and having it shot through CCTV, like Shyamalan's oh. Devil. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's, I don't know, that doesn't sound as good. Yeah, yeah. So instead, they opted for a bathroom, which was filthy. Like, the set was set design was awesome in this film. Like like we said before, toilet full of shit. Looks like it hasn't been cleaned in a century. Like, a bloodied corpse, quote unquote, mm-hmm. in the middle mm-hmm. of the floor. Like, the pipes are rusted, grimy mirrors. Like That's full of the dank. Yeah, yeah. It do be dank. And uh, it was shot in 18 days. Uh, and all the bathroom scenes were in chronological order, like The Conjuring. So I guess, like, because I was questioning when we were talking about The Conjuring, why they did it. Mm. I guess that's just something he likes to do. Yeah. Like, in this, I think he was cited as saying, like, he wanted the actors to sort of get a feel of what the characters were going through. Mm. So that by the end of it, like, they've gone through this arduous process to then, like, oh, finally cuts his fucking leg off. Get increasingly frustrated, I guess. Yeah. I mean, The Conjuring, maybe he just liked it and so did it for that as well. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he just saw the results of it on this and, like, how, like, well it aged. And mm. then, you know, a decade later, he's like, well, let's do it again. Um, and James Wan also built Billy, the puppet from uh, Clay, from, from Paper Mache. Stra- scratch. Didn't, didn't, uh, yeah. didn't get a puppet and just resurface it. Yeah, yeah. And um, ping pong balls for the eyes, painted <laughs> red and black. <laughs> and I think the cheeks as well, like the very pronounced cheekbones. Okay. Uh, and that's another thing. Like, that doll is kind of like Saw's puzzle box. Like it's it's the the, the, mascot the of the series that kind of appears in every film, and I believe in later films it wasn't like that original doll because it had deformed over time, so they had like animatronic ones. Um, but yeah, something creepy about like toys that laugh. I think I had one as a child that used to go off on its own. Uh, I used to like freak my parents out of a night. Nice. Yeah, yeah, love that. Um, but yeah, such a simple premise, um, but like a deceptively complex narrative like outside of the room yeah like how they're all tied in together and why they are there and the motive and all this kind of thing because like you mentioned before about how a lot of people believe this kind of kick-started that torture porn trend post 2000s but it's stipulated in the first film that technically speaking jigsaw is not a murderer he just puts people in situations that test their will to live essentially and he and he will cut like a jigsaw puzzle piece out of the skin of victims essentially who fail and die in the traps mm-hmm. uh, as like a symbol of them missing their human survival instinct. Yep. That's what he says in one of the later movies. Yeah. And uh, I kind of like that meaning behind it, but I mean, it still doesn't really it's complete, justify yeah, it. It's complete horseshit because they're yeah, still sure. abducting Te- people. Technically, and he them. never kills anyone, but he is legally... That that could be tried as murder, yeah. Especially in uh, in America, yeah. I think he's definitely attempted murder. Like he mm. when he does like the wrist blade on Danny Glover, that's attempted murder. That's true. He yeah. just got unlucky and didn't actually kill him. Yeah, yeah. No, that's very true. And um, we get like the flashback sequence of Amanda in the reverse bear trap, which I guess aside from Billy the puppet, has also kind of become the most iconic trap. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it even reappears in some of the later films. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got like, uh, Amanda in that, um, and it shows her as the first survivor of one of these tests. Um, their original proof of concept was Lee Wan as Adam 
um, telling a story to the police in like an interrogation room of him going through that test. And that was their like 20 minute short that they used to secure funding. Damn. Which I believe you can actually find on YouTube for free. Fuck, I gotta watch that. If you want to suss it out. That sounds great. Yeah, it's really cool. And it's just kind of him like smoking uh, behind this like two-way mirror talking to a cop and just with the flashbacks and they mm. use the same effects like the spinning camera around the chair and that's something that's definitely evident in like this film and then mm. going forward like the whole Saw franchise is that very fast paced like jarring spinning like yeah on cocaine editing yeah it's almost like Edgar Wright if it was more chaotic well nah because nah, Edgar Wright is always like Every edit he does is purposeful and in time with music or something that's happening on screen. Oh, that's true. This it's is rhythmic. just complete chaos. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I guess the the reason or Jigsaw's sort of justification for his acts is that he's got like a terminal brain tumor and after learning that he was going to die, he like no longer took his life for granted. So then he just seeks out these people. Um, I'd... It's never really made clear how he chooses his victims, is it? Yeah, you did. You skipped a step, but that's fine because he, he he tried to kill himself and then succeed. Like not succeed, he failed. And oh, by crashing his car! By crashing right? his car, and then yeah, that's what made him realize like, oh, my survival instinct kept me alive even when I'm about to die. Mm. Other people need this, and yeah, it's not like explicitly said why he picks the people he picks, other yeah. than just like they're people that he thinks. Like haven't lived a proper life, which mm. a bit judgmental, but all right. They're not grateful for the lives they have, so it puts them in a situation where they literally need to to fight to survive. So yeah, uh, then they live a life worth living. But uh, there's very few survivors in this franchise. Like I think there's only like three in the entire saga, isn't there? Like no. including Amanda. No, way more than that. Okay, because okay. the in Saw Seven, there's a scene where there's like a survivors meeting. And it sort oh. of brings back a couple of actors throughout the different movies who have right. been in like, not really the main traps, but some of the like side traps that happen throughout the movies. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, not many. And especially, I, I guess the reason for that is because, you know, full spoilers, he dies in the end of the third movie, mm. right? And so it's not even him for the remainder of like seven to nine movies. Yeah, seven to six apprentices movies. or copycats. Yeah. and Yeah, true. People who don't actually carry his, like, original vision, they're just doing it for their own sense of self-righteousness. Like, even when it's revealed that Amanda is his first apprentice, in Saw 3, a lot of her traps are unwinnable. Like, door literally welded shut, or Mm -hmm. even when, like, the the female cop, like, grabs the key out of the acid to unlock the fucking angel trap. (laughs) Which is still wired in. Yeah, unlocks the padlock, still fucking hooked into her ribcage. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, And I do love that Jigsaw is so, like... It's kind of gave me, like, pinhead vibes of this, like, authoritative (laughs) character, but, like, gravely serious. Like, he's so calm and well-spoken. And it's probably because he's dying in bedroom for (laughs) much of it. He's just an old man. Yeah. Yeah. But... An old man that still manages to build traps and put people in them to kill him. (laughs) Yeah. Just an eerie nature. Um, behind him But anyway We're talking a lot about the saga I guess we'll, we'll loop back to that As, as yeah, a whole Later the but, the, but just the first movie The OG one I um, Going back and rewatching The first three This mm. week I think I might have flipped I think I like the first one More than number two now Okay I also watched the The first trilogy Before recording this And mm-hmm. um, I But you don't agree Still think two's my favourite Okay But uh, 
That's interesting. interesting. I don't know. I just feel like the first one, well, A, it doesn't rely on any pre-existing like stuff to make it good. Mm. It creates everything from the ground floor. It's got more likable characters than the second one. Like in the second one, who's the, what likable characters are there? Go on, name them. Well, they're all criminals. So by <laughs> nature, they're kind of shifty and deceptive, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the, the one girl cop who you were talking about before is kind of the only likable character. Well, I was going to say the kick in the gut is kind of like the most likable character is Amanda. But then one of the twists is that she's in on it. Yeah, okay, so there you go. Only likable yeah. character is not likable in the end. Uh, but yeah, so the first one has like more likable characters. Mm. It's got, I don't know, it's, just, it's something about the simplicity of it. Yeah. There's less of leaps of logic, if that makes sense. Like it's it's easier to buy that someone has kidnapped two people, put them mm. in a basement somewhere that they're locked in and chained in. Yeah. Then this old guy has like got a house completely like breakout proofed it from mm. the outside like how, how long was he setting that up for putting bars on the doors and windows and his house is an escape room <laughs> yeah and then he's uh, got like a mini hospital in yeah, one of the rooms I'm, I'm not gonna shit on the second one because I do like it but there's like certain things in that movie that don't really make sense then there's whereas like, in the first one everything kind of makes sense there's no moments in the movie where I'm like well how come that happened or how mm. come that didn't happen yeah okay okay the first one also, I love how abruptly it begins. Like, opens oh, yeah. with Adam submerged. Absolutely. <laughs> like, from the get-go, it's like, bam, you're in this movie. That's and al- you're, you're in his shoes. Yeah, it's almost like a the fucking sizzling start of Predators. Where, like, Adrian Brody wakes up, like, mm. mid-freefall. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of people hate that movie, but... I love that movie. I love it too, man. <laughs> Topher Grace is questionable, but uh, that's just Topher Grace. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like... Wakes up underwater, and I love that it's like such a gut punch. Where at the end, you learn what slipped down the drain or like the plug hole at the start was the fucking key. Yeah, that's. Do you think that was just designed so like the suction of the water, like funneling down the hole, would take it, or whether that was just happenstance? I don't know, because if it wasn't just happenstance, like if that no, sorry, so if it wasn't planned and that Mm. was just an accident, then that's not a very good trap. Because then, if he did get the key, then. From the get-go, he's unlocked and he can just walk free. Yeah, because there's even like a, a light on it, like a little UV light or something. Yeah, unless that's only his key and it's not the key to Gordon's. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, they never really go into that, do they? Because like at the end, when it's revealed like Jigsaw was lying down between the whole time, he just sort of gets up and all he says is, the key's in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, interesting. But yeah, no, that's cool. It's like, um, oh, for fuck's sake, of course it was. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so anyway, you've got these two characters. They they wake up in the dark in this shitty old bathroom and um, essentially they, they find this tape recorder with the tapes and Adam's is very simple, isn't it? It just kind of says, you know, you've been watching people, you know, be successful in life and you've always been held back in your own. Like, it, it's now time for you to, to live the life you've always dreamed of. Mm-hmm. But then Dr. Gordon is way more <laughs> convoluted. Well, I think that's a, a byproduct, a byproduct of um, like the whole game is for Doctor Gordon. Yeah, but, like, that's true. The, the entire thing is set up for him. Like his family's kidnapped. Mm. He was the fucking doctor of uh, of Jigsaw. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's revealed, like it's, diagnosed him. Yeah, it's revealed that Lee Wan L's character was like taking pictures of Doctor Gordon prior. Mm. And so, like that's how he's related to it. But yeah. it's, none of it's really about him. Yeah, he's not really like. Adam is not really related to John in any way. It's just kind of like 
Because Adam's hired by Detective... What's his name? Tap, is it? Yeah. Donnie Glover? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's revealed that like Donnie Glover or Detective Tap was... Danny Glover? what I say? Donald. Donnie Glover. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Charles Gambino in, in the 2004 Saw. Um, yeah, because it's, it's revealed that like he was dismissed um, and he kept like pursuing this lead that Dr. Gordon was Jigsaw. Jigsaw because they like his alibi for like where he was in that like two hour window where was it Amanda when Amanda was kind of captured um, was unexplained and then it's revealed he was cheating and mm-hmm. then Adam was hired to take photos of that and the detective like has the gut feeling and he won't let it go mm. it also says in Dr. Gordon's take that he's got to kill Adam by six o'clock and they've got this like brand new clock on the wall mm-hmm. um, four to six hours I think the film kind of takes place over yeah sure and uh, essentially, Adam is like paranoid and, and uncooperative. And like his first suspicion is that they've been abducted to have like their organs harvested, <laughs> like sold on the black market. And he's mm-hmm. like, this is what they do. They drug you and then they fucking take your kidneys out. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty believable, like acting. He, yeah. If, if you wake up in a bathroom, that's probably what your mind's going to go to first. Yeah, you feel groggy and there's yes. fucking hacksaws in front so of you. He's, he's a very believable character. Yeah, um, whereas Dr. Gordon's very kind of, or Larry, Lawrence, is very kind of realistic and pragmatic. He, like, notices things about the room, like he's actually trying to play the game, whereas mm-hmm. Adam's just kind of, like, flailing, and which is why he fails. Because um, even, like, the the things that he, he mentions in the tape, like X marks the spot and follow your heart, things like that are really nice kind of clues that you would find in like an escape room mm-hmm. on like mm-hmm. parchment or something. Maybe, I, I don't know if maybe that's where my love of escape rooms came from or, Dude, I, just, or I just love the Saw franchise because they are just like escape rooms. Yeah. Like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah, true. I mean, I saw Saw before I did any escape rooms, but hey, mm. maybe I just have like a inquisitive nature that I like. It's always in the back of my mind. Whenever I do an escape room, I always just picture scenes of Saw. <laughs> it's like, what's going to happen when I turn this lock? Am I going to get a shot in the eye? Or? Yeah, like the ones where you have to like get into a coffin and it closes uh, and then oh, drops out Oh, do you remember when we put you? Sean in one yeah. and the fucking thing dropped? And we're yeah. like, dude, are you okay? And he's like, oh, there's a door in here. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Um, and yeah, I also love the moment when uh, he, he kind of insinuates that there's like, they've been injected with something. And like he's in the tape recording, he says like the poison in your blood will make you want to kill yourself. Um, do you reckon they actually had anything in their blood or do you think that was just put there as like a seed of fear in the back of their minds to make them hustle before the clock hit six? I wish I could tell you. Cause I thought I didn't, I didn't think he said that. I thought he just said that the man in the middle had a, had a poison in his blood, but didn't say that like oh, Gordon and the other guy had it. Okay. Yeah, maybe. I might be misremembering mm, that. I think you are. Because um, I do like when he like, dabs Cause, cause the then, cigarette. Because then they it? sort of reuse it for Saw 2 that they're ingested. Like they've ingested oh, the like nerve poison. Gas. Nerve gas. Surely yeah. they wouldn't use the same thing for two movies in a row. <laughs> I mean, if it works. <laughs> um, yeah. And it, it's interesting. Like you mentioned before about having these like two people trapped in a room and being forced to work together. Um, and they're two very different people. Like they read the situation differently. Um, they interact differently with like their personality types and he, he kind of forces like the upper and lower class to work together. Sure. Like, yeah. Cause there's even like, and it really creates this like distrust between them. Like the cigarette, um, when he like dabs in the blood and then decides to give him the right one anyway, and he like fakes his death. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Like, even when Adam finds the hacksaws and starts hacking through his own chains, like, oh, you want to pass me the other one? <laughs> yeah. Like, little things like that. Doesn't tell him about the Polaroid of his kidnapped family mm. when he when he shows him his wallet. But then I really like at the end when Dr. Gordon actually, like, cuts his foot off and opens the door and goes to leave. He says, I wouldn't lie to you, to Adam. So, mm-hmm. there's, like, he's trying to, like, convince him still by the time he's cut off his own fucking foot that, like... He's he's going to be honest with him to get out here together. Yeah. Um, and even like a flashback scene where the detective drops um, Dr. Gordon home and he says like there was a dentist that lived two blocks from you that liked playing with kids a bit too much. And he kind of says that like offhandedly and then says the sewer lines run under this neighborhood too. And I really like that because it's like, regardless of whether you're a fucking doctor in a mansion with a, a wife and a daughter or whether you're um, a, a guy that gets hired to take, you know, photographs of guys having an affair and, um, you know, you live in this dingy apartment and things mm-hmm. like that. Like, everyone's the same. Yeah. And, yeah and I, but at the base level, we all have something in common. Yeah. And I really like that kind of metaphor that's like the underlying theme, I guess, of this film. That is deep and I wasn't expecting anything like that from this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even like it's got some some really cool scares outside of the room as well. Because like a lot of the fear inside the bathroom is not knowing the consequences. Because they don't say like what happens at six. He just says like he needs to kill Adam. Yeah, oh, I think it's insinuated that it's something to do with his family. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, but then like the, a lot of the mystery of, of that room is kind of where the fear comes from. It's like fear of the unknown, that uncertainty. Mm -hmm. But then in like the flashback scenes where it shows the abduction, uh, and you've got like the pig mask, like crawling out of the car in like the car park mirror. Yeah. That's like fucking Juan style. Yeah. Like just those kind of like mirrors, It, it kind of takes like that classic bathroom mirror idea and like, you know. Um, th- thinks of a new way to do that And just dark rooms I think with their red light They're just inherently creepy Well it's because it's dark Yeah But even that scene man When like um, Adam's about to get kidnapped And he's like using his film camera flash mm-hmm. To like look around the room And you hear like the Ooh, yeah. Like the whir of the camera like, it's good, oh, good sound design I mean it's got Such good tension It's got every kind of scare you want It's got like the existential Stuck in a bathroom or just waking up not knowing what's going on mm. it's got the jump scares for when he gets kidnapped it's got yeah. the, the creepy in the background scares that i love with the mirror stuff yeah and then just really out of place pig mask yeah yeah pig yeah, mask I, I don't is, think it's is ever, definitely a nice touch i don't think it's ever explained why they use a pig mask i think it's just he's got an affinity for pigs <laughs> yeah i guess so i mean look at Saul three but um yeah it's uh it, it's definitely got a lot of different types of scares in this. Um, but I guess the film itself, like despite it's fast editing, when you've got moments like Amanda's flashback scene, um, or even just like montages when like Lawrence is finally like hacking through his foot. Yeah. Or um, like the time lapses of the, the yeah. guy in the razor maze or the flammable jelly. Yeah. Like a lot of these, this fast paced editing, but the narrative is such a slow burn. Yeah. It's a really interesting contrast. Yeah, I guess speaking about those other traps, they were like failed victims. The the razor wire maze was questionable because the motive for that one was just that the guy was depressed, attempted suicide and failed. And he's like, oh, look, let's see if you're willing to cut cut deeper to survive this time. And he yeah. like nearly makes it, but then the detectives are like, 
he got cut so deep they found stomach acid on <laughs> yeah. the floor. Well, how, that's does, pretty how, gnarly. how does that not fit his motive? That's literally Jigsaw's whole thing. This guy wasn't appreciating his life. Yeah, I guess so. But it's like in one of the later films where like one of the victims is chosen because they're a smoker. Like the oxygen trap. And it's like these jaws like closing around his rib cage yeah. each time he inhales. Well, so, I, th- I think he was also chosen not just because he's a smoker, but because he has a connection to the person the game's actually for. Okay. Like, it's not just that like, some random smoker off the street. It's, hey, just he- here's, a guy, here's a guy that you denied, like, health insurance cover for because he's a smoker. Right, okay. So, yeah. he's, he's tied to you semi-emotionally, mm. you know. Because a lot of his... A consequence of your actions, now you're going to verse him. Yeah. Like, Which I'll- is a... Like a fuck, it's a fucked up trap that one. Yeah, like for the smoker because he had no no chance. Yeah, yeah, and a, a lot of Jigsaw's victims seem to have like committed significant crimes or made like grave mistakes. Mm. But then this guy is like, "You're depressed. Let's see if you'll be more <laughs> grateful for your life now." Like I don't know, it just seemed a little out of place. But cool concept, yeah. like the the razor wire maze. Cool also, concept. I mean, let's not mince words here. That's a that's a fat man. How the <laughs> hell did like old cancer ridden? Tobin Bell Jigsaw, <laughs> even with Amanda's help, yeah, get that motherfucker into the basement <laughs> surrounded by razor wire. Dolly trolleys. I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, and I think you've mentioned in a previous episode, like that flammable jelly trap is like one of your favorites. I've never said as much in my life. Okay, you've what definitely mentioned it in an episode. I've probably mentioned it. I don't think. I don't think it's one of my favorites. Okay, maybe it, you just it's it's one of the most unfair. Slash like it's technically winnable. It's not one of the unwinnable traps. Yeah, but it's the it's the least fair of the winnable traps. Like even if it was a brightly lit room and there was no candle and he wasn't yeah. covered in flammable jelly, how the hell are you going to solve that in a minute? Exactly. There's like a hundred numbers on the yeah. walls. When it's revealed, it's kind of like halfway through the film, I guess. Like they're being watched by that camera behind the two way glass, um, and then it kind of cuts throughout the rest of the film to that perspective of like that grainy black and white footage, mm-hmm. and I read that that wasn't actually the intent from the get-go. They just did that for filler. Because when they okay. cut the film in editing, they realized it was too short. So they just take some shots, put put like a, a filter on it. and Yeah. Oh, that's, that's clever. I yeah. like it. Because I think... Um, and it fits really well in the movie. Yeah. Because I, I think Saw has like a 100-minute runtime, give or take. Yeah, about 90 minutes. So even if you remove like that handful of, of footage, it would still be like 90 minutes, which I feel is fine. But, I mean, yeah, you're right. It served its purpose. It served the film. Mm. Looks really good. Jigsaw kind of gets given away a little bit um, in the video, I think for Amanda, where the cops work out by the graffiti on the wall and the sound of a fire alarm. Mm-hmm. They, they can work out the address. Um, do you think that was intentional by Jigsaw? Because, like, the whole warehouse is set up with traps anyway. I don't believe... I don't think it was intentional because... Just to slip he, up? Well, he's surprised when they show up. Like, he's got traps there ready for him, but he comes back and isn't expecting them. He's prepared because yeah. he's Jigsaw, but he's not... He, I, I don't think he left it in there on purpose. Okay, yeah. You know what I, I also forgot until I rewatched it this week was that there's another fucking victim in the warehouse, like the drill chair. Yeah. I, I completely forgot about that sequence. I mean, it's it's not memorable because nothing happens. Like, they, they shoot at him and it stops before yeah. it reaches him. Yeah, he, but he survives. Yeah, like, who was go. that guy? He's a survivor. Yeah, they literally don't go into that at all. <laughs> Never see him again. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and it's cool in that workshop where I think before they like pull the sheet off and reveal that guy, uh, they find the like bathroom diorama. Yeah, like the dolls in it. Like he's that was a nice touch. It. Yeah, and they because kind of showing him like throughout the saga, like Jigsaw painting and and creating the doll and things like that. Like he's kind of like this dark twisted artist. He's just an arts kid that has no creative outlet, so he <laughs> takes it out on people he thinks haven't lived a good enough life. Yeah, yeah, and even like the. The cloak and the blade, the hidden blade, gave me like Assassin's Creed vibes. I mean, it's, the more I think about it, the more he's just like some nerdy edgelord art kid that like yeah. was probably bullied because he played with dolls. Yeah. And it's just a tragedy, you know? <laughs> Maybe if he had someone to love him, then he wouldn't have turned out such a twisted fuck. Yeah. Except he did. He literally had a wife, so. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> so I have another question for you. Okay. Was Amanda technically John's first apprentice or Zep? Well, I don't, Zep wasn't an apprentice. He was a victim that just enjoyed his game. Because okay. he had his own tape, didn't he? Yeah, he had his own tape. He was he was injected with poison throughout the movie. He was. He was so coughing. Maybe that's what you're thinking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I don't think he was an apprentice yeah. at all. Because he was cloaked and he was like kind of helping like set it up and stuff. But He wasn't helping set it up. The only thing he did was kidnap the mother and daughter. Mm, yeah, true. Which yeah. is just his part of the game. Yeah, he probably did that because he knew he couldn't be in two places at once and I guess Amanda was still in training or whatever. Yeah. I mean, he's such a weird character too. Like when he gets like the stethoscope out and he yeah. listens to the little guy's heart and he's just like waving the gun around. It's so just funny. See how it quickens? Yeah. I wondered what the point of that was. I think it's just to show like he's a twisted guy yeah okay because he was because that's before you learn that he is a victim that's when you think maybe he's the actual like mastermind behind it yeah but yeah it's just to show that he's just a sick fuck yeah because he was even like gave off weird vibes in the flashback of the hospital and he's like trying to defend okay John Kramer's I, well patient. I think that's just the that's just the kind of guy he is no yeah to make fun of him yeah <laughs> he's just a weirdo of the two people locked in the bathroom yes Dr. Gordon was always going to be the one to actually do it and cut off his foot if any of them did because he had more motivation. Like, what has Adam got to drive him to mutilate himself to survive? Yeah, not much. I mean, sure, he might want to live, but, like, he's not going to want to live for anyone else, whereas Dr. Gordon literally has his family kidnapped and he's on a timer and he's like, that's it, I've had enough. And I mean, that that was the driving force that forced him to uh, like finally cut his leg off is, mm. oh, my family's in trouble. Bit, bit tragic though, they're like, oh, when he's doing that, they're actually safe. He just doesn't know it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if his family was taken out of it and it was just Dr. Gordon and Adam locked in a bathroom, you got till six. If one of you doesn't kill the other or one of you doesn't soar off your own foot to escape out the door then you're both dead or you're, you're trapped in here forever to starve. Mm-hmm. Um, which reminds me, that's what they said the consequence would be in the tape recording. <laughs> just you just starving. starve. Yeah. Um, well, you'll die of thirst before you starve. Well, yeah. Well, well that toilet was full. Actually, they, also, the, <laughs> also the bath has running water. Uh, um, yeah, like, do you think, like, Dr. Gordon's family out of it, any of them would be, like, willing to do it? No. No, I, sure I wouldn't not. think so. Well, I, okay, I... I say no, but look at the... I wish I remember his name. Look at the guy from 127 Hours. Like, the real guy that was based off. Oh, yeah. He, he did it. He cut off his arm, and he managed to fucking get out of a desert. So, if, if he true. can do it, surely other people can. He, I... Like a fucking can I opener. don't think I could. 
I don't think I could I, cut my leg off. I don't think I could unless I had some kind of motivation like Dr. Gooden had. Because even at the start of Saw 3 when bloody um, Donnie Wahlberg has to do it, but he doesn't use the saw. He uses yeah, the fucking like cistern block. Bashes his fucking ankles oh, in. I found that harder to watch. Yeah, I wonder why. Maybe just because it looks more real. I think because... Like, there's a disconnect. Like, instead of cutting your foot off, you're bashing it. Yeah, it's almost like the hobbling in misery. Like, <laughs> sawing it off with a hacksaw and a makeshift tourniquet from your shirt. That's mm. somewhat surgical. But if you're just, like, pulverizing the bones with a piece of a toilet and then slipping it out. Like, it's almost like in fucking The Ritual. When he's, like, got his hands tied and has to break his thumb to, yeah. like, get out the yeah. robe. That, but, like, times a hundred. Yeah. And even then when he's got, like, a struggle with Amanda and she fucking kicks it and it just, like, rolls to the side at, like, 90 degree angle. I mean, it's worse to watch, but I think in, like, character, that's it's much better for you because that's going to heal a lot better than... Like, you're not going to die from that mm. unless you die of shock, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, it's very easy to die of blood loss when you cut your foot off. Just... Shattered bones. Yes. Yeah. Gnarly. Uh, and then, yeah, at the end, Jigsaw bloody creeps up. He doesn't explain any of it, does he? He just kind of gets up, says about the key, walks to the door, says game over and slams it shut. Well, what does he need to explain? Everything was in the tapes. Like everything he needed to say, his motivations, yeah. was in the tapes. Yeah, that's true. They should have listened carefully. Exactly. And I do love Adam just screams in desperation and that fades into the credits and there's a moment where it's just pitch black with him screaming for like mm. a few seconds and then the credits start while the, he's still screaming. This movie has a perfect opening and a perfect ending. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a fucking downbeat ending. This is not a movie you mm. want to watch to feel good. Yeah, it's almost like Buried with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Which, that, yeah. That's even more localized than Saw. That's literally just a box. Yeah. A fucking coffin. Another good film. movie. Anyone I've only says, seen it once and a long time ago. I don't remember if it was good or I just liked that concept. Well, anyone who says Ryan Re- Ryan Reynolds is a bad actor, just watch that. He's good in it. Yeah. And also, I watched Saw this week and the credits started rolling and I was like, is that a theatrical cut on the DVD? Because I was like, I swear I remember you see the severed foot in the shackle after Dr. Gordon's crawled off and I swear you see like Jigsaw and Amanda like setting up the bathroom and like planting the bodies um, and I thought that might have been like a flashback sequence as Jigsaw like explains it to Adam before he shuts the door and says game over. But then, because I watched two and three, mm-hmm. like the next day, I realized that was all in three and I was just fucking yeah. misremembering it. I mean, this that that's a bit of a problem about this whole franchise. There are so many instances throughout the movies where like it'll reference or even show scenes or scenes between scenes mm. from like three movies ago yeah and it's great like it's all interconnected it's all intertwined yeah. like that's i think one of the main reasons i love the franchise so much is like the lore of it it's got mm. such a rich world building story and everything's connected yeah whereas a lot of other franchises uh they kind of like retcon it and they'll just like wipe the slate clean yeah. and you can watch like successive installments and it'll have nothing to do with previous ones whereas this is like yeah, same characters, same, like, fucking room. I think I was telling you before we started recording <laughs> yeah. this that they used the set from Scary Movie 4 <laughs> but to, to shoot the bathroom in, like, Saw 2 or 3. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, like, is it Saw 3D or, or Saw 7, I think, which was marketed as the final chapter? It's revealed, like, Dr. Gordon's the new apprentice. Yeah, that that's when it starts to get, like, the downside of the 
everything's connected and referencing each other is when you start going for leaps like that. Like that's some shit you'd see in some Spanish sitcom, you know? <laughs> Not sitcom, like what do they call those fucking things? Daylight TV, like bold and the Daytime beautiful type TV. shit. Oh, soap like, operas. Oh, and the cousin was the real mother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's fuck very off. Far-fetched. Fuck off Dr. Gordon was helping him this whole time. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um Yeah. Although I did I did read that the reason he wasn't in any of the other movies is I think he was meant to also get like a percentage mm. from like Saw, but he didn't. And then it was like this whole huge court thing and they had to go to court and it got settled. But True. then it was just like a sour experience for him. So we didn't come back until the seventh one. Yeah. Okay. He's like, no, I don't want to be in your movies. <laughs> yeah. So maybe they planned that from the beginning, but then like, oh, mm. court cases. And then a couple of years later, oh, it's all settled down now. Hey, why don't you come back and yeah. finish it off? Because if I'm not mistaken... Lee Wynell only only wrote the first three. I think so, yeah. And then I think he and James were like producers from like two onwards. Yeah, well, even James Wan only directed the first one. The second one was by oh, what's his name? Darren Lynn Boseman or something. Boseman or yeah, Buso Boseman. Yeah. Apologies to that man. Yeah, a couple of things I noticed was. Like tying in with, I guess, the themes of the room and the the purpose of the game, or the rules of the game, uh, is when there's a flashback sequence just before Doctor Gordon gets abducted and he's got like the argument with his wife and his daughter's in the bed, and when he's like typing on his computer on his desk, it shows a clock and an hourglass, mm-hmm. and then when he's in his daughter's room, there's like a shot with like their reflection their reflection in a mirror, and then like ribbons from like sports carnivals or something on a room and then it cuts from like him regaling that story like to to adam sorry it cuts to that in the bathroom and i just thought that was a cool analogy of like themes of winning and time and reflection that's like alluded to in this in this film okay i I see what you mean i did not see that in the moment i think going into this movie every time i've just treated it as like the the stigma that it's got is that it's just a cheap torture porn horror mm. movie. But and so I didn't look out for any of that stuff. But now that you're mentioning a lot of it, yeah, I guess it's it's nice to see there's there's actually some deep meaning behind it. Yeah, well, and, it, and it wasn't until the later movies that it did become like almost not a parody of itself because it never really set itself out to be like this horrible deep thing. Mm. But it gets very just uh, plain. Yeah. Maybe. Like, it focuses too much on the kills and the traps instead of yeah the themes and the stories around it. Yeah, it's more like escapist gore than the meaning behind, like, Jigsaw's vision, I guess. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Everyone has browsed Reddit and, like, Reddit 5050 <laughs> and 4chan every now and then. Ugh, yeah. Uh, and I also read that they decided to film... Oh, well, James Wan decided to film Dr. Gordon with, like steady static shots and Adam with like shaky handheld shots. And that was like a reflection of their emotions because like you've got Dr. Gordon, who's kind of calm and calculated. uh, And then you've got Adam who's like frantic and, and paranoid. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, And slow-mo used wisely in this film. Slow-mo is a big thing in the reveals in the Saw franchise. (laughs) Oh yeah. yeah. Wait, when did I got my memory is failing me. When did they use it in this one? They use it, I think in one of the abduction sequences. Uh, and even like the jigsaw reveal when he like gets up from the ground. Oh yeah, true. Like slowly gets up. I I, want to say they also use it when Singh gets shot in the head with a shotgun 
and he's falling to the ground. I think that's a bit of slow-mo. Yes, I think so. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, just a really, really cool film, simply made, but a, a, a very kind of complex storyline. And um, it was smart how they knew that they were limited by parameters such as, you know, a room or, or, or characters. So the way that they kind of expanded beyond that to keep the audience engaged for 90 plus minutes was this elaborate storyline of interconnected characters and these twists and reveals. Very smart. Yeah, it just puts other horror movies to shame that don't have a big budget and then that's kind of the excuse of why it's so bad. And it's like, Mm. well, no, that's just, if anything, if you don't have a budget, it's a reason to be creative. Like figure out ways to overcome like the shortcomings to make it actually entertaining. Look at Creep. Look at fucking Creep, man. Just walk around with a handheld camera and make like a deep layered film. It just goes to show some people are creative and some people are me. (laughs) (laughs) I could never do it. All right. We are. We've got to get our our sadistic caps on for such an iconic franchise. <laughs> we've got to go into it. What are your favorite saw traps? Okay, should we do like one at a time? Like I'll go, you go. Yeah. Let, let, let's do three each. Okay. You go, then I go. All right. And if there's any double ups, then so be it. Surely. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so because I didn't. I, I couldn't really think of my favorite because they're all usually so good. Mm-hmm. And like I said, my um, like in the our second episode, mm-hmm. it's very hard for me to just name favorites or figure out favorites. Or like rank them. Or like, like rank them. them. Yeah. So I've just, I've picked three that I just really like for different reasons. That's right? all I've done. Yeah. Yeah. So they get like more elaborate as the franchise goes on, but like in a way that also works on the same coin, they're more catered to the victims. Yeah. They're very, very like, personal. Yeah. Like whenever he just chains someone up or shackles them, he's, he just uses it as like a metaphor for being like, you know, in chains in society <laughs> yeah. and not being free. Right, but then, like, real, real later on... There. Yeah, like, we mentioned the smoker one, um, you know, for example, when they, like, tie it into something that's related to, like, their crime or their profession, mm-hmm. something like that. Well, speaking of the smoker one... <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that, that was one of my picks. Just because... So, it's... Ow, fuck, I just cracked my elbow. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so the smoker one, it, if anyone hasn't seen past those movies and it's like the sixth movie i think mm. uh if you got this two people that are have got these oxygen masks like forced onto their face yeah and they're held up and chained and they've got these like almost clamps on the side into their rib cages mm. and it's 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 told that every time they take a breath they like they get crushed and it gets tighter yeah and yeah. so it's whoever can hold the breath the longest the most is going to survive yeah or essentially the opposite whoever doesn't is going to get killed first which will then release the other one mm. and so the reason i love it so much is because like contrastly to most of the whole franchise and series where every trap is fastly cut or edited or it's very chaotic this yeah. is like very suspenseful it's just like very still there's moments of just two guys holding their breath and then like someone breathes and it crushes them and then it's Okay, you've just been crushed, but now you've got to hold your breath again. I feel like that would literally make the audience hold their breath as well. Yeah. Just the like, tension of that. It, it it just it holds you. And if it was underwater, I'd be dead in an instant. <laughs> yeah, fair. Now that's a good one. Um I I'll say now, I've seen the first three Saw films multiple times, but four onwards, excluding X, obviously, I've only seen the once. So I might be Misremembering which film they're from. That's good. I can tell you because I've seen them all 
Yes, it, you're apart, well versed. Apart from Jigsaw and uh, Spiral, I've seen the like the first seven many times, and I love them. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, one of my favorites is uh, the Razor Box from Saw Two, when the chick reaches in to grab like the syringe. You got like the fucking Macca's cup straws, <laughs> like straw holes. It's on my mind. Those two. Um, and then, without thinking, she just like reaches into the other one, and then realizes that the the surroundings of these holes are, are, are like straight razors, mm-hmm. um, and she just slowly bleeds to death in what is quite possibly Jigsaw's most simple trap. And it's like what the the reason I enjoy this so much is it's easily avoidable, but it works on the assumption that the victim won't think, mm-hmm. like they'll be. Um, you know, panicked uh, and and hurrying and miss those small things instead of taking a moment to like study it before they just reach in. Yep. And I mean, well, I mean, she's kind of doomed because even when she reaches in, she knocks it over, like spills the fucking <laughs> antidote. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they're just not careful. And that seems to be like a theme of the setups in Saw 2 because there's even that like first guy that dies by looking through the peephole <laughs> when the other guy turns the key and he gets shot in the eye. Yeah. Also, you don't see the, the gun. Right in the eye hole? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's dark. Yeah. The only, um, the only thing I don't like about... Like, I love that trap. Yeah. It's very iconic. And I think that was, like, probably the second trap I ever saw. Because mm. I saw saw 2, the first. Yeah. Like, that was the first movie I watched. Yeah. Um, not in order at all. I think my brother had it on his, like, PlayStation Portable. And I just <laughs> saw clips and pieces of it that he showed me. Responsible older brother Damo is. Oh, yeah. Well, it was that and Happy Tree Friends. Um, oh, classic. <laughs> I like as much... That's a cool trap. It's very nice. But it doesn't make sense to me in the story because mm. my main problem that I discovered about the second movie is a lot of the movie they're just wandering around this apparently gargantuan house because mm. it's like an hour and a half into the movie and then well, an hour in the movie and then she finds this room that yeah. has a trap in it like if they had easily found the trap like that room earlier which there's no reason why they wouldn't mm. You don't hear what's on the tape, so it's hard to say. Yeah. But also, there's a key hanging behind the box is one of the like the reveals of like, yeah. wow, yeah. the key was there the whole time. Yeah. But so what was Jigsaw's plan? Like, if they all of them walked into the room, it's, it's barely a trap. Yeah, well, I I see what you're saying, but I think that's the beauty of it is like he's... he's like he's giving it to them, but they he, still don't get it. He's playing into like how irrational humans can be when they're scared. Yeah, okay. Patience seems to be like a theme of that film because even like, you know, when it's revealed at the end, like if Detective Matthew just sat down and spoke to Jigsaw for a whole hour, mm-hmm. his son would be safe and yeah, he'd okay. be alive. No, yeah, no, I like that. It, it very much plays into the whole theme of that movie. Yeah. But anyway. All right. What's my, your next one? My next one is one that I don't really like in terms of uh, like how to solve the trap mm. because I think it's a bit stupid. It's, it's in Saw 3, The Rack. Like that in terms Jigsaw's of Jigsaw's personal favorite, yeah, he says. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jigsaw's personal favorite, so that's got it going for it. Mm. In terms of just pure execution, pun intended, like it, it's it's so barbaric, and it's I mean, it's called the rack, so it clearly draws inspiration from the actual torture of a device, the rack. Mm. But there's just something about slowly one at a time, like one limit at a time, twisting them around, and yeah. you get the bones like flexing out or like splintering yeah. out. It's very visceral, very like. Good lord, it's hard to watch. I was gonna say, just um, you, you just kind of said it. It's it's one of the few like impending doom kind mm. of traps because like a lot of jigsaws are like 
fast and and violent whereas this is just kind of like slow and painful yeah and it's like one at a time yeah like you've got you know, four limbs and then it's gone for the head yeah but then i also don't like how the person in the trap doesn't have any sort of say or thing to do it's all for jeff mm. who just has to do with like a grab a shotgun key yeah so yeah that, that's what i don't like about it but just pure like design and yeah, like execution of it is it's, good. It's a very like medieval inspired trap too, because like the the rack. the rack was literally used by people. But but also like I guess the the death mask at the start of two, like mm-hmm. which I think was originally called like Iron Maiden. Yep. Back in the day, the rack is definitely hard to watch. Like even when you see his head do a three sixty, and you can see like just the stretch lines, like his neck's just a piece of rubber, and oh, it's mm-hmm. just yeah, very. Very cringe. I hate to be that guy, but it was only 180. Continue. 180, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. What's your number two? It was. The knife chair from Saw 4. Fucking simplistic. Good lord. That's literally his first trap. Yeah. And I like this one because, like, Jigsaw's there. Like, obviously, he was there in Saw. (laughs) Like, the OG one. But he's, like, there just beckoning the guy. And um, there's a nice twist to this trap as well. Like, all all the guy, from memory, he's, he's sitting in the chair... With this contraption placed over his face where there's like eight kitchen knives mm-hmm. kind of crisscrossed over him. And there's like a pressure plate, Yeah, I think. Like, I don't know, maybe a foot and a half in front of him. Yep. And he has to kind of lean forward through the blades. And, his, and, and like, his, his hands are also like stabbed into the chair. True. Yeah, he can't move any of his limbs. Um, and he has to just like push his face through these knives to hit this pad that will release him mm-hmm. from the chair. But... The nice touch of this one is when he... Because he does it. He, he succeeds. But then he's so mad. He's like blinded with rage. Charges a jigsaw standing in front of him. Who just simply steps aside at the right time. And then the guy just like falls into like a heap of razor wire and bleeds out. Yeah. I think even to further on that, I don't actually think he succeeds. I think the chair breaks. At least that's the way I remember it. Oh, I, could, I, thought, I could be wrong. I thought he hit the pad and that's how it released him it just like each leg of the chair just separated i'm not sure your your friend will have to tell us yes dave, dave if you're listening <laughs> hold us accountable at uh deadhousepod at hotmail.com who was right because i thought the chair broke because it's literally his first trap like the chair breaks and then he steps side steps and yeah maybe i could be misremembering like i said i only saw four through to, to seven um and then spiral and jigsaw once mm-hmm. but uh oh, i've seen jigsaw twice but um yeah, I just I just really like that like double bluff. Yeah, I like the two like the emotional connection of it. That's his first trap, mm, mm. baby's first trap. <laughs> uh, my third one, I think we talked about off podcast, but the other day is because it's such a visceral one, and it usually gets the is most it the reaction. One I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, it's the the fish hook down the chick's gullet. <sighs> Dude, that makes me cringe the most out of all of them. I don't know what, like I don't know. Maybe it's just because we've all like choked on a bit of spaghetti or something. Mm, <laughs> but mm. just watching as he has to pull a fish hook that's got a key on the end of it out of this chick's like because it's down in her stomach yeah like, like up, fed her, down up her throat. throat and every time she makes a noise it like speeds up spears that are going into her neck <sighs> yeah i mean yeah it's yeah. it's not that gory because what technically all she does is cough up a bit of blood until mm. she, until she dies then it gets gory mm. but yeah, just I think it's the forcefulness. Like he's holding her down. I think he gets a leg up and then literally like fucking just pulls with all it. his might to get yeah. this hook out. I don't Not, remember the sound sensor thing, but well, because that's, that's the whole thing. That's cool. That's the, cool. Like the, a lot of the things in that 
uh, movie are like they're like see, sen- see no evil, hear no evil, speak oh, no they're evil. Sensory. She was speaking no evil, and yeah. so every time she made a noise, yeah, wild. Yes. Yeah, that's um, that's next level. That one. Uh, how do you think people think of these? <laughs> like the writers, they're like a boardroom of people. <laughs> All right, they hire some serial killers for a day, give them a day pass at their local prison. We need you to think yeah, the mean, most I, fucked up ways of torture. I've never tried to think of a saw trap, but I think that'd be pretty fun. <laughs> I don't know. Look, in a sick way, yes. Mm. The fact that we're enjoying talking about this is yeah. Well, it's all it's red all flag. Just, it's all just morbid curiosity, right? Yeah, like what can the human body withstand? Yeah. Yeah. We are just fucking Cenobites. Explorers <laughs> of uh, sensory limits. Uh. Um, all right. My next and final one is uh, the pound of flesh test. Uh, yeah. uh, I believe saw six, um, five or six. And um, it's you've got the, the fat guy and the, the chick who essentially need to to remove parts of themselves to slide down this chute onto a set of scales and whoever's got the most weight when the timer runs out is freed. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, they've got these like braces on their heads that uh, are slowly like drilling screws closer and closer to their temples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gnarly. Cool concept. It's like you're giving them the tools. You, you've It's a simple rule. You just got to... Have the most weight on the scales by the time the timer runs out. Yeah, that's also like an interesting one because it's the severity of it is set by its victims. Because mm. if one person cuts a tiny bit off, but then the other person doesn't do anything, well then, bam, easy fucking trap to win. Yeah. But it's just the like you're pitting two people against each other. Whose survival instinct mm. is going to have the most and cut the most off? It's also kind of unfair, like <laughs> the smoker one you were talking about. Yeah. Because... You've got an obese man and then a rather fit woman. So he's like kind of filleting his stomach and chucking that in there. He gets like three pieces on. And then in the end, she just fucking hacks her arm off. Because I think she starts like at the elbow or something. And she's like got like a bowie knife or something. And she starts like soaring through. Um, and then when there's like five seconds left, she just picks up the fucking meat cleaver <laughs> instead. Cuts her arm off and shoves that down the chute. Yeah, it's it's wild, man. I just think it's like in a sick way, creative. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why she didn't start with the cleaver. If you're gonna cut a, a limb off, go for the quickest way. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's easier to cut your leg off with an axe than it is with a hacksaw. Well, they had a minute. So what if in like the first fifteen seconds you're like, no, nope, fuck it, I'm gonna send it, and you hack off an arm, drop that down the chute, and then the other guy's like, oh yeah, you think <laughs> your arm's heavy enough, and then he cuts his arm off, and then he's won. And then you've bled out for the next, you know, minute. Well, I mean, you're going to die anyway. It's fine. So I feel like it's kind of smarter that she waited, but it, it wasn't planned, obviously. She's just like, well, he's going to win. Here we go. Yeah. But yeah. What a, what a saga. So, like, technically, I think six sequels with a prequel, a spin-off, and Saw <laughs> 10 out this month. So it gets kind of convoluted, but somehow they managed to tie them all in, which is kind of cool. That's it. That's pretty That's much all, all that I have to say on Saw. It's um, it, it's one of those films that uh, just kind of stays with you because it's so original and um, just very the, original and very visceral. Yeah, the very first one. It's um, we, we've dropped this word so many times in this pod, but it's just so simple, and that's what we love about it. Mm-hmm. We we either love a complex horror where there's like all these layers to it, you can interpret it differently, you notice all these little things that you miss maybe on your first couple watches. But then we also love the simple ones where they just take 
what they have available and think outside the box. So you're saying we're indecisive. <laughs> we just don't like the in-between. Uh, well, we're just about done. I don't have a painting to hang on my wall for this episode in okay. any particular shot because there was nothing that stood out. There's nothing that I thought was inherently like a beautiful yeah. scene or like just a single still shot. Okay. And I don't want to force it. I don't want to try and try and find one amongst the shit when there isn't anything there. Maybe just the man tangled in the razor wire. No, I'm nothing. <laughs> you know, if, if it doesn't come naturally, I'm not going to find one. Mm. It's not beautiful. I mean, I think I said in our very first episode that I only really like gore when it's like selective, but this has like a purpose behind the gore. It's not just like, you know, meaningless slasher, uh, which I think is why I enjoy it. But yeah, Saw, we finally did it. Finally did it. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Or we're sorry if there was too much rambling in that episode. Yeah. But that is it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Solid Friday evening wrap up there, Nathan. You're Uh. still in your uniform. You, You must be wrecked, man. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, so what? Socials? Yep. Dead House? Dead like House em. Pod? At uh, Instagram, Facebook, now TikTok? Yes. Follow us on TikTok for more trivia clips. If you enjoyed episode 25, we'll be yeah, feeding a few sort more. Of slowly chucking those up. Yeah. Catch us on any streaming services you got. 5 p.m. on Fridays. Email us at deadhousepod at hummel.com. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, it. We'll be right back. I don't know why I found that so funny.